You're listening to the Digital State of Mind podcast with your host, Jessica Hawks, where we get honest about all things entrepreneurship, balancing life and business, and navigating the world in a digital age. to the Digital State of Mind podcast. Today is a very exciting episode. We have Alex Kraling from High Moon Studio. Alex has, I feel like I'm always up in your business, Alex. We I'm up in yours. Together, <laughs> yep. We've worked together quite a lot. Um, Alex does branded web design amongst a lot of other things. So she has done my website. She has done our website for digital millennials. I used to be Alex's VA. So she's been a huge inspiration for me in my business. So I'm super excited to have her here on the podcast. So Alex, I will let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us about your story how you got started, all the good stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, hi. I'm so excited to be here. Obviously, I love you. We go way back. So it's it's just been great to see your growth, which is very exciting. Um, for me, so I am the CEO and founder of Five One Studio. I'm actually in process of starting a product line as well, which is under wraps until we decide to launch. But my story, like how I actually got started, it's actually... I'll try and like sum it up as much as possible because I feel like it's quite long. You know the story. Um, Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I actually had a business prior to Highland Studio with an ex and it was called Creatives in a Van. I basically came out of grad school, which I went for advertising. It was actually global. I got my master's in global strategic communications with an emphasis in art direction. So I was working at ad agencies. I was actually, I lived in Tokyo for three months. I lived in LA for a few months, um, which is where I wrote my thesis. And afterwards I was, you know, applying to all these jobs at Apple and all these ad agencies. And there was just nothing that stuck. Either I would get to the end of the interviews and I wouldn't get the job or I just didn't feel right you know, when I was applying to these places. And so me and my ex were talking and we're like, well, why don't we just start our own thing? At the time, van life was like really popping off. I don't know if you remember on Instagram at the time, it's still kind of popular, but there was a period of a few years where it was like this van life obsession. And what year was that? I mean, it was, so I, it was 2018 when we stopped. So we started 2017. Okay. 2017. So at that time we had watched Into the Wild, the movie, and we just kind of like with the whole van life thing, we just fell in love with let's do this crazy nomadic lifestyle and see where it takes us. Yeah. He was a documentary filmmaker. I was super into branding and website design, even though I wasn't advertising, I really loved brands. Like I've always been obsessed with brands. I've always been, my parents were always like, why are you shopping so much? And it wasn't even because I was like a shopaholic. Now I understand it was because I loved the experience of being a part of a brand. Mm -hmm. So I did branding. He did the documentary filmmaker thing. We traveled around the U.S. Um, We didn't have the best relationship, which if you go into a van, obviously at the time (laughs) I thought that we did. But when you go into a van, it's like 80 square foot feet with somebody. Uh 
you it nearly want to kill them. It reveals yeah. everything. So yeah. long story short, we ended up separating. Um, I My whole life basically crumbled because yeah. everything, and he, you know, our relationship was bad. He was a bit abusive in a way. Mm-hmm. He kind of took my life away from me in a sense where, you know, my business was with him. I had lost a lot of my friends just because of my relationship with him and traveling um, all the time, kind of being separated from my life, which I don't, the whole van life thing definitely was a great experience. I wouldn't take it away. Right. Um, and then I had, so I had the business, basically my whole life revolved around him and this business. We had a dog together, but initially it was his dog. Obviously the van was like my home. So when we separated, it was like, we were up at my parents' house because my dad had cancer. We found out my dad had cancer and he was going into like a 16 hour surgery. So we had driven up. I mean, luckily we were there when this, everything crumbled in my life, but it was like the week before my dad's surgery, um, the breakup was crazy. I don't even want to get into it, but it was just not a good breakup at all. And then I was stuck there left without a job because I didn't want to be in the business with him anymore, without a boyfriend, Mm -hmm. without a home, because technically his dad had like helped fund the van. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. mine. The dog wasn't mine. He offered me to keep it, but it wasn't mine. I didn't want to be tied to him. So quite literally, my life was like kaboom all at once. So intertwined with his. So intertwined. It was, and then I was like, I don't know if my in a week, if my dad's going to be alive. Right. So it was this just huge pivotal moment in my life. And, you know, I spent time obviously crying and being depressed and being sad and anxious and all of the things. But I knew that with just who I am as a person, I needed something for myself. So mm-hmm. while we were in the hospital waiting on my dad in surgery, I literally signed up for my LLC for Highland Studio designed my website prior to even getting in to that. We, we did have some clients who would reach out to us through creatives in a van. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just was like, okay, I have people coming my way for branding and website. So I may as well do something with it. Like, I'm not going to just drop this dream of mine because it got fucked up because of my ex, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the hospital, create the website, get the LLC, do all the things, take the calls. And then I just started building it in my parents' basement. So I lived at home with my parents and I was able to help my dad, you know, as he was recovering because he did survive the surgery, which was such a miracle. My mom could work. It was just honestly perfect timing for how shitty the situation was. Yeah. And I just knew, like, I am going to let this make me. I am not going to let this break me. So I hustled my ass off, hustled, hustled, hustled. And now, I mean, it started with just me in my first year. I think I only hit like 80K, which was still like amazing for me. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. You just get really excited when you see things happen. And then it's just gone up and up and up. And we're in our second year. We're going to turn three in December. Um, And we've just kind of added... VAs, which is why you were, you helped me out for a while there. Mm -hmm. And now we have two full timers and I'm about to hire like three more. And it's just, it's just blowing up and we're creating an agency now. And it's becoming a lot, a lot, lot bigger than just me designing some little brands and websites and logos. (laughs) So that's my story. (laughs) I can't believe that you're 
like the fact that you're in your second year is so mind-blowing to me I don't know why I feel like you're in like your fifth or sixth year by now it's so crazy but that just goes to show how quickly you can grow online yeah you can grow online so fast to the point though like I will say I'm going through a period and I don't know if you can attest to this but it is painful it's not easy like growing pains are a real thing so to get the help as much as you can from anywhere that you can get it, I think is so important. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's like, I feel like whenever you own a business online, a lot of times you have phases where it's like Mm -hmm. maybe slower for a little bit and then it's just insanity for months at a time. That's how I feel right now. And I think they're just like the last quarter of the year is always just madness for people. And you feel like your head is just not attached to your body. It's crazy. (laughs) Completely. Like you're in the fucking clouds because December, it's like a race to the finish line almost. Mm -hmm. There's this sense of like, oh my God, I need to race. But once you hit this finish line too, like whatever your finish line is, whatever that goal is, it's never enough because you're like, okay, what's the next (laughs) finish line? And so you just like go, go, go. And everyone's doing the same thing and there's all this pressure and yeah. I feel you. So when you were, so you started out, you went to college. So tell us about what you went to college for. So I graduated high school. I went straight to university of Minnesota. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do Um, Mm -hmm. regarding like the design stuff. I was obsessed with MySpace, which I'm sure like a lot of people who are listening were from that stage of life or whatever you want to call it. Um, Mm -hmm. I would code. It was like almost a secret life that I had. My dad is creative he's into instruments and design and he was doing websites for a little bit so I kind of like picked it up from him he had photoshop on his computer so I found that and I was like oh my god I'm obsessed (laughs) so I would create like signs for people on myspace or whatever and themes and it was so much fun so I knew that I loved that but I didn't know that it was a career like I had not like I knew graphic design was a career but I would do research and they would say graphic designers make like 30 grand a year. And I was like, well, fuck that. Like, I'm not only right. making 30 grand a year. Right. So I went to the U of M for communications because I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I've always worked since I was like 15 years old. My first job was a Dairy Queen. I was like designing cakes and stuff, which yeah. was super fun. Mm-hmm. So when I was in school, I ended up getting this internship at a small pool company where I was doing the marketing and like, I was able to kind of like teach myself how to design in my free time. I was basically sitting upstairs by myself. It was all males, except for the wife of the owner, very male dominated, like it's a whole other story, but I basically was the one to do all of the marketing and for, they had people who would be dealers of their pool equipment. And so I would kind of help make their websites and, you know, my boss was really impressed by that. And I kind of used my job there as an opportunity to hone in on my design skills. I went full time with that job after I graduated from the U of M and worked there for probably like a year. Um, but yeah, I would finish my work super fast because I'm just really efficient. And mm-hmm. I would spend the rest of the day like going on YouTube and doing tutorials on how to design mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. Then one day, someone came upstairs and it was a guy who had used to work in my position. He was the nephew of the owner. And he was like, you know, you really need to look into art direction. You're really good at this. And I was like, art direction, what's art direction. I have no idea what you're talking about. 
And then he described it to me and he told me about Miami Ad School and that you can do a master's program through Miami Ad School. And I looked it up and I instantly was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Like, this makes so much sense. I applied to go there, got in, and I was like, mom, dad, I'm moving to Miami and I'm going to grad school. (laughs) And they were like, you're so stupid. And I was like, I don't care what you say, I'm going. So Uh I ended up going to Miami. It was a grad school program through FAU and Miami Ad School. So I took like advertising classes at Miami Ad. And then I took global strategic communications classes at FIU, which included like research and all of that type of stuff. And through that program, um, I was able to intern in Tokyo at Olsen at an advertising agency for three months, which was like the most incredible experience of my life. Um, We got to work for like MTV Japan and DAZN and like really amazing brands like that. Mm -hmm. And then I went to LA and I interned here at Wong Duty in Culver City. Um, and those clients were like VCA, very like different types of clients than I was working for at Olsen, but a really great experience as well. And I wrote my thesis and then that's kind of, that's the education part of things. So whenever you were going to college and then going to college again, and then kind of working in the corporate world, I'm assuming you probably had in your head that that's, well, most of us have that in our head that we're going to be in the corporate world in some capacity. So what was it like going from that to the online space? Because I'm sure it was a completely different, even it's different than it was a year ago. So a few years ago, what was it like coming into that? What was your first impression of the online space? I was always obsessed with the online space. I mean, if I go back to like my MySpace days, but I was always very self-conscious about it. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, this isn't anything, you know, I, even in college, like in my undergrad, I would create blogs thinking that I wanted to be a blogger. And so I would like Mm -hmm. take pictures of my friends and I could never keep them up. Goes to show you that I actually just liked branding the blog and creating the website. I didn't actually like blogging. But I was always obsessed with it. I always felt like very insecure about it though. Um, Because it was like one of those things like your parents are like, go to college, do this, do that. And, you know, even when I was in interning, for instance, at Wong Duty, I remember sitting at tables, you know, in meetings with people trying to give my opinion and people just not giving a shit about it Mm -hmm. because I was an intern. And that really bothered me. Like, I was like, listen, like, I understand you've been here longer than me, but I have a perspective that you don't have. And mm-hmm. I just got really sick of it. I yeah. don't like listening to people, period, mm-hmm. the end. I want to make my own life. And I knew that I had, I knew that I had the skills to do so. Like just going from school and the corporate world, and I just knew that that wasn't for me. Like I could see everything that was happening and know that like I could create a better space for people there was just this innate like why is this like this this doesn't make sense right like why are you keeping us here until midnight and giving me a piece of pizza and expecting and I was an intern so I was getting paid like nothing it was a miracle I was even getting paid as an intern what the (laughs) fuck there are just so many things where I'm like what the fuck like Uh really we all need to be looking at this and saying like why why is this acceptable And like, why do bosses get to treat you like this too? I remember there are some people who treated me really fucking poorly for no reason because of their own conditioning or whatever. It's abuse. It's abuse. Mm -hmm. And I just saw all of that. And I was like, I'm going to create a better space for creatives. 
I, I need to branch out on my own and I need to do this for myself, but like for, for other people too. Yeah. 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 I think that whole world really starts to skew your idea of what business should look like in general. I mean, for one thing, you're already following someone else's timeline for how quickly you can learn and how quickly you can grow. And before I even went to college or anything, I was working at a clothing store and I, started off at minimum wage. I think it was like $7.25 or whatever. I was there for years and I was promoted to like the shift manager. Like I would be there by myself and like organizing everything, closing out. Like they trusted me with everything. And when I was in that position, by the time I left, I think I had only gotten a raise total of like 75 cents while I was there. And I was like, oh, well, (laughs) I'm getting a raise because I had heard about people getting like 10 cent raises. And I was like, okay, well, this must be pretty good. And now looking back at it, I'm like, what was that? Like, that is insane that I even thought that that was on any level acceptable. But when you're in a position where you don't know that there's better and you're like, well, this is just what my life is like, unless I go get this degree and then go to this corporate job, I'm just going to be stuck in this situation. Then you're like, okay, well, I guess I'll just deal with it, which is just so weird. And I think that's why it's so crazy for people to wrap their head around the idea that you can start working online and make really good money immediately. It's just such a foreign idea to us. It's so foreign because you are put under a cap. You're put under this glass ceiling and the glass ceiling isn't even like what you're getting paid. It's the manipulation of everything that's involved, including the pay. But you're just, you're, growing up you're just conditioned to believe these things like you're conditioned to believe that you need to work and it's not our parents fault you know if you look back at generations and generations like we're finally waking up thank god Um, like I'm just so glad I'm a part of this generation because I look at my parents and they're still like when I tell them about what I do they're like what how (laughs) like how is this even possible like they're just like so how is this even possible And so the fact that we can now like say this is possible and show other people, this is like actually like this is possible. See, look um, and encourage them to do the same. If it feels right for them, obviously some people, they want to just work for other people for the rest of their lives and that makes them happy. Fine. Um, But for the people who want more, I think just being able to be like, it's possible like to unlearn all of that brainwashing Mm -hmm that has happened, that conditioning that has happened throughout their entire lifetime to say like, you can have more. It's like, and I want to say easy, but in like, obviously it's a lot of work, but easy, simple, it's possible. Yeah. You have to choose. It's going to be hard either way. You just have to choose which type of hard you want to deal with, whether it's being in the corporate world or being a business owner. Yes. So what, this is something that I'm really interested to know because I, I have one friend who's a graphic designer and works in the corporate world. And that's really the most exposure that I had had to the graphic design brand web development scene before Mm -hmm. I discovered the online space. How do you feel like the online business space for design and for brand and web development versus the corporate space looks? What's the difference between those two? Yeah, I think um, it totally depends on your role, because for me, I was an art director. So, and it depends per agency. Art directors aren't always designers. They're more so like idea people. But so I never, I guess, well, I guess I worked. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's very similar, but you get to do 
what you want. You get to find your style. When you're working in the corporate space, like say even when I was an art director and I did have to design, like that was a part of my role. I, my style and my designs were completely based off of what my creative director wanted. Mm-hmm. So when you go on your own and you do your own thing, it's this sense of freedom, not only in lifestyle and, but in the work that you want to do, the clients you want to work with, people don't choose things for you. You get to choose right. everything for yourself. So I think that's the biggest difference. And honestly, the most exciting one, especially if you're a creative person being able to say, Hey, I get to choose all the projects I want to take on. And I get to choose my own style and how I design this. And there's nobody who can come behind me and say, change this, change that. And I'll have to do it because even if I don't believe that I would want to, I think that was like the hardest thing working corporate is when you, you really believed in something that you created and you would bring it to someone and say, look at this beautiful thing I created. And they would just shit on it. Right. You know? And you're like, but wait, no, like your feedback is wrong, but you can't tell them that you just have to listen and shut your mouth and like be the workhorse when you are on your own. You don't have, I mean, you're still a workhorse because you're working a lot, but it's, it's way more fun and way more like pleasurable. It's rewarding. Rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people I, I get these comments on TikTok all the time. They're talking about this in terms of social media management or, you know, literally anything. But also with brand design, people really don't believe that you could start a career or start a business as a social media manager, graphic designer, web developer without going to college. So I think it's really interesting to get your perspective on that because as someone who is really successful in this industry, who has the experience of going to college and who has the experience of learning on their own and now releasing trainings for people to learn how to become a brand designer, what would you say to those people that are so stuck in the way of you have to get a degree in order to start a business? Yeah, 100%. That's bullshit advice. Um, I have gone to grad school, you know, to advertising school. Most of what I know, besides the few amazing teachers that I got, which is like so rare, like so fucking rare, because if you're an amazing creative, you're not going to go and be a fucking teacher. Like that's not what you want to do. So the fact that these cool, these schools are like, look, we have these amazing design teachers. It's like, no, you don't because (laughs) It doesn't make any sense to me. So there's number one, like you're not actually going to get the mentorship that you're going for. You're just going to get a degree to fulfill this thing that your ego thinks that you need or that your parents think that you need or that like, it's just this, no, online, especially when it comes to creative, there is no way. And I think that the the reality of this is shifting slowly, but surely, like, I I don't think college is going to be a thing anymore Um, Mm. unless it's for creative fields like this that you can learn online. These are all things you can learn online. Like what you teach, what I teach, what any other creatives out there teach online, it actually gives people step-by-step advice as to how to start a business in whatever field they're looking for. VA, designer, like we don't give bullshit advice. Like it's like, here, I'm going to actually teach you how to do this from legal stuff. Obviously we have to work with you know, lawyers on that. Cause that's illegal for us to give legal advice, but regardless from legal right. stuff to setting up the business, to setting up funnels, to setting up like how to actually learn how to design and where to look to learn how to design everything mm-hmm. that I learned as to how to design and how to even start this business was all online. You know, again, yeah. very rare, little tiny bits I learned in school. 
But in school, they don't teach you to be a business owner. They teach you how to work for other corporations. They're continuing the brainwashing. You know, of course, there's other, you know, you have to go to school if you're a doctor or lawyer or whatever, but like for creative fields, absolutely not. Google, are you kidding me? Google is your classroom. Right. At minimum for free. YouTube is your classroom for free. There are tons of like, you have free stuff. I have free stuff. It's, if you have no money, you can still get somewhere and start with $0. And then once you start making money, you start investing that back into the business. If you can invest right away, even better. Because right. people like you and people like me, again, we give those step-by-step. Step, like, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want step-by-step step advice on how to make money online? There's no reason why you need to go to school. Also, it's ridiculously expensive. I'm still like over a hundred thousand dollars in debt for really? school. Yeah, oh, which wow. I'm not paying it back until I have to. I'm like, I really believe we're gonna have loan forgiveness, and so I'm like, I am paying the, yeah. the the tiniest amount that I possibly can. Maybe that's stupid of me. I don't care, but I just have this feeling. It's there's so much shifting in the education space, yeah. and I think it's beautiful that there's people like us to come out here and say, listen, we can mentor you. And we can show you if yeah. you want to become a VA, if you want to become a brand designer, like cut the bullshit. You don't need those other things. It yeah. will get you maybe to step one, but it won't get you to step 10 for sure. Right. Yeah. And I think what you said about the feeling like you only had a few good teachers, whenever you were going to college, you were immediately thrown into a situation where you have no say about your curriculum. I mean, sure, you have elective classes, whatever. They're usually irrelevant to your end goal anyway. So you can't choose your teachers. You can't choose what, you know, small pockets of these things that you're learning. Whereas whenever you are looking for someone to teach you online, I always say, find someone that's done exactly what you want to do and who you're like obsessed with and learn from them because they are the ones that are going to be able to help you get to where they are in your own way, not a curriculum that's just designed for anyone to come into it, regardless of what they're wanting to do in the long run. It just doesn't make sense. It's not personalized. And I think that that's also, I mean, kids struggle without that throughout their you know entirety of going to school with not, they're either yeah. too, too far ahead of the class or behind because they're not able to get that one-on-one attention. That is what creates the rapid progress, not just having to learn a standardized set of things by someone that you're not actually even inspired by, you know? 100%. I think that's amazing advice. And to even take it further, like something I've been thinking about a lot with school and how sad it is, is like, I was really good at school. Mm-hmm. My sister was not. And it's really sad because you look at kids who aren't traditionally good at getting A's or getting B's or studying, or they have ADHD or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's just one. And I'm flaw is a bad word, but it's something that they're not good at, that someone mm-hmm. like me is but they have qualities that I don't have. Like my sister has so many qualities that makes her so special that I don't have. And I wish that I had. And I think when it comes to starting a business, when it, you know, online with someone like you or I, or, or anyone else out there who are doing specialized courses, we look at each person and we don't say like, you need to be good at X, Y, Z in order to do this. It's like, we look at each person as an individual and say, what are you special at? You know, what, what is something that makes you different that maybe you thought was a flaw? We're going to change that and show you that it's what makes you special. 
and we're going to help you run with it and create a business from that point of view because that is unique to you and nobody else has that. So it's about kind of cherishing all of the little special things about people instead of saying like, you need to fit in this box in order to like succeed here because that's not the case at all. Right. And I think it's so funny that that it's so scary to invest in people online. You know, even though we know that it makes sense, we can see why logically it's correct. Yeah. $1,000, $3,000 investment online. It's like you're telling us it's $300,000 in college tuition. Like we're so quick to just get in all kinds of debt. You know, whenever I started my business, I was also like $20,000 in debt partially from school. Yeah. And I was like, I literally made that back in my business a million times faster than I would have with going into a corporate job in the field that I went for. But our idea of it is just so skewed that even though it logically makes sense, it's taking the general population so much time to catch up to the idea that the investment in someone online is so much smarter if you're willing to put the work in than getting $100,000 in debt through school. Oh my God. A hundred percent. I remember I had like $20,000 worth of credit card bills. And I remember the day I paid it off and I was just like, Oh my God. Like I had no idea that it was possible, you know, just from starting my own business, being able to start my own business and then pay it off. It was so rewarding. And I think, I think what scares people and maybe to just kind of shift perspective in people, they honestly, when they're signing up for these programs online, you or I or somebody like us, it's more so they need to bet on themselves. Right. And I think that like, we're not your mom. We're not your teacher. We're not going to scold you and give you a bad grade if you don't turn in your homework. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to keep yourself accountable and like, do you right. want this? Are you willing? Like, right. do you really want this? And I think yeah. for some people, like, they need to look themselves in the mirror and say, I want this so fucking bad and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get it done. You know, I'm willing, I'm willing. And I know that Jess can help me. You know, I can do this. I just, we're like the guides, we're teaching people how to fish, which is a lot harder than fishing for somebody, you know, or having somebody fish for you. So I think it's mostly a, like, can you bet on yourself? And with the online space too, I think it is hard because nobody's vetted. It's not like we have a university saying, yes, we hired this person. This person has the accolades, blah, blah, blah. Even though they, again, they don't like, they don't, you know, they're really not that special. I could go and teach at a, not saying whatever, but I wouldn't, I would much rather do this. Like I could go and teach at a university. I have my master's. I would much rather do this. Right. Just because you have your master's degree, like I know people that I went to grad school with who are teaching at university right now. And I'm like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? And like, you definitely didn't excel in yeah. your program. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you weren't like yeah. one of the top people who should be like teaching the youth of our country. Like it, mm-hmm. it just irks me. And yeah, I, there are, there are scammers online. There are yeah. people who will take your goddamn money and run with it, but you mm-hmm. It's very easy to spot the good ones. It is. And you have to have the, you have to understand that you have a responsibility whenever you're investing your money to vet that person yourself. I mean, even though they don't have, you know, yeah, they're not at a university or whatever. It's, it's 
almost even better because you're able to see if this person is teaching correctly and is open about or transparent about what they're doing. You're able to see people who have gone through their program, see where they are now, video testimonials, like being able to see where someone is instead of people just let graduating college and then going off and you never know what happens being able to see someone from point a to point b to point z is so much more helpful in seeing the actual transformation that takes place from working with someone but i think that what you said about betting on yourself is a really huge thing because you know for a lot of us we're so used to being thrown into the structure of working at or from going to college and then working at a nine to five where it's like, you have to be here at this time and you're obligated to someone else. So you do it. And it's important to develop that own obligation to yourself. And it's something that I don't think that, I think that a lot of people think that if they're not extremely self-motivated, you know, growing up that they can't start a business online. And that's something that can be taught and developed. It's not something that you just either have or you don't have. I mean, some people do, but it definitely can be developed. And, you know, whenever you are investing in yourself online, when I invested in my first program, I was, yeah, I had a ton of credit card debt. I had been trying to pay it off for like, five years or something like that and it was the cause of so much anxiety for me like every single day I would think about it when I would open my bank account I would be like oh my god I don't even want to look at this right now but even though I had all that credit card debt I still put this program on my credit card because I could see the big picture of it and then six months later I like you was able to pay it off in full and I was like oh my god I've been like working my ass off killing myself trying to pay this and never being able to catch up. And then because of my business, I'm just paying it off in one payment. Like that is so mind blowing when you put it into perspective. And I, I think it really takes you being able to look farther than the initial investment, but rather where can this investment get me in six months from now, if not three months from now, you know? Totally. Absolutely. It's incredible what you can do if you decide to mm-hmm. take the risk. And I think, yeah risk management or just like the weighing the pros and cons of a risk that's something that you'll never have to stop doing in your business so that yeah. first risk is like the scariest one because you're mm-hmm. like well I don't know if this is going to work out you don't yeah. you don't know but if you look at yourself and you say listen like I may not know but I know like I will yeah. do everything it takes like that was my mentality of like I will literally do everything it takes mm-hmm. and I will take all the risks just and just test them out and see and if you you will fail it's inevitable every single business owner every single entrepreneur has failure failure is a blessing and I always say that because it is a way to redirect you into the right place so if Mm -hmm. something doesn't work like instead of just being like didn't work I hate my life I can't do this you can't, you can't have that attitude. It's more so like, okay, that didn't work. Great. Now I know check, check that one off the box. What's next. What did I learn from that? And how can I move forward with it? Like it's always a redirect into what you're supposed to be doing. So yeah, that first, it it is hard. You know, that first risk is hard, but the reward, the reward, I mean, it's always worth it. It's huge. Yeah. It's so funny how it's like, whenever we're first starting, we, cause it's all subject or yeah, subjective to your situation. It's like, so funny that whenever you first start your business, you're like, oh God, should I make this thousand dollar investment? And then that thousand dollar investment leads you to a year later, potentially making a decision about if you should make a $60,000 investment, like perspective just shifts so much. It's crazy. 
so much. And you quickly look at a million dollars and say, that's not that much money. Like it's very quick Mm -hmm. to be like, that's like nothing. And some people are like, oh, that's nothing. And you're like, it is all perspective. Like I remember when I made my first 80K, I was like, oh my Mm -hmm. God, mom and dad, I made $80,000 on my own. I'm so proud of myself. (laughs) I was like over the moon. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. it just keeps going up and up and up and up. And you're like, holy shit. Now my business is about to hit like a million dollars. And you're like, wow, that's nothing. Let's get, let's Mm -hmm. onto the next thing, you know? And it just becomes, I mean, life is truly just a game. You know, I mean, that's how I look at it. At least it's like, how do you want to play? Do you want to sit in your house and sit at your cozy job that you fucking hate? Come home every day, make dinner, hang out with the same people, like do the same thing every day. Maybe you're not miserable, but you're probably fucking bored. Like, do you want to be bored or do you want to like get out of your house, go take a risk, go start a business, like see where it takes you, have a positive attitude about everything, make things work, go through the challenges with a smile on your face. And just know that like, no matter what happens, it's, it's all just a game. It's all going to work out if you decide it's going to work out. Right. And it's, you know, I know that there are a lot of people who are happy in nine to fives, or at least kind of are like, I just like being able to clock out. But in my opinion, and I could be wrong here, but I feel like owning a business and the design of being a business model aligns a lot more with how humans are made to work. Like having the constant change, having the excitement, the inspiration, the freedom to do what you want, being able to listen to your body and yourself and help other people. That's really what life is all about in the long run, right? And Mm -hmm. so that it's just funny how that just it lines up perfectly with that because once you get to a point, like obviously you're always working really hard and especially in the beginning, you're literally working your ass off to get yeah. to a certain point where you can kind of take your foot off the gas and be like, okay, now I'm starting to see that I can literally design my life however I want it because of this yeah. work that I put in and that's the ultimate reward and that's what everyone wants. You know, even if you are in a nine to five and you like it, you probably hate a lot of aspects of it whether you can't take time off, whether you feel guilty for being sick or, you know, wanting to spend time with your family, or you feel like you're overworked, you feel like you're underpaid and constantly fighting for a raise. Like there's usually something like that thrown in that we just think is normal. That's just the normal corporate world. That's not normal. It's not not normal. normal. And I think there's this misconception too. And this is something I've just like, I'm a fucking Virgo rising, very hard worker, just like mm-hmm. very obsessed with progression Yeah, on a deep level to the point where it's like about other things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I literally have therapy right after this like uh-huh. podcast today. Therapy is great too for all of you entrepreneurs out there yeah. or want to be um, or anyone in general. But I think that I've been like really, you know, if you want to work nine to five, and shut your fucking computer off after you can do that as an entrepreneur you don't have to work weekends you don't have I know people who are like moms they work three hours a day and they have these thriving Mm -hmm. businesses like it is your choice and I'm going through this shift where I'm like okay I cannot work 18 hour days like there has to be a line of like am I enjoying this maybe I need to slow down a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. my business progressing at the rate that I like envision it to is not worth my joy and my happiness. Yeah. Nor is anyone else's. So yeah, that it's so hard. It's like, it's 
<laughs> and especially if you're the type of person like I have an extremely addictive personality like yeah. I just start something new and I'm obsessed with it I spend so yeah. much money on it and then I'm like okay next week I'm ready for the next thing if that's your yeah. personality your business really is like a game and you're constantly trying to get to the next level and you become obsessive about it yeah which is really fun and it's awesome yeah. to, be able to have that but it's also like okay <laughs> I'm going to make myself go crazy and have to retire in two years if I don't chill out. But yeah. I feel like it's how often are people able to say that they are obsessed with what they do? Like what a great problem to have. It is a great you know? problem. It is a great, especially in the beginning. I will say like, I definitely have that mentality too, that addictive personality. It's mm -hmm. great for you in the beginning when you're like growing and you're like, oh my God, oh my yeah. God, all I want to do is work. Like I, I yeah. literally didn't have a social life. I'm just starting to have a social life again. I mean, yeah. Right. I, I like moved to LA during COVID. So it's like a whole other thing. But right. even when I was back home, I did not hang out with anyone. I would work because I'm obsessed with it. It's not yeah. like, yes, I love people. I love my friends, all of the things, but I love my work. It's like my yeah. baby. So it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, what's so wrong about being obsessed? But then you hit a wall where you're like, okay, it's been a few years now. I need to slow down <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. like, give myself a little break so I don't burn out because burnout is, is real. But this is what's so fun about entrepreneurship and having yeah. your own thing. It's yours. So you can just decide when you want to take a break, when you don't like, yeah, it is this constant ebb and flow in your life. And I always say like my business teaches me more about myself than I've ever learned about myself. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like how people say when they have a baby and the baby teaches yeah. them, you know, or the dog, you just got your little baby. I know uh, your doggy. <laughs> they teach you so much about yourself yeah. and you're like, God fucking damn it. You know, and your business is the same thing. It teaches you yeah. about yourself and you have to ebb and flow with it. And you, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's painful. It's painful to learn these things, but it's so important to your growth as a human, as an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. It's, it's just like, it's beautiful. I would say like the experience is a very beautiful experience. Yeah. And it, yeah, it totally changes you as a person. And if mm -hmm. you're listening to this and you're the type of person that is maybe, you know, insecure or feel like you're not super extroverted or, you know, what you maybe struggle with confidence, that is not a sign that you should not start a business. In yeah. fact, your business will probably be one of the biggest things that can help you with those things. Like I yeah. never really thought that I wasn't confident or that I was super insecure or anything, but with starting a business, I have realized how many situations I shied away from. And then yeah. once you start a business, you're, you're overcoming fear so much in that way that as a person you can't help but just become the most strongest confident person or version of yourself in your own personal life dealing with relationships dealing with your own you know self-worth and self-confidence that completely shifts from being a business owner and so if you are listening and you're you're feeling that way or feel like you're too introverted to be a business owner that is not the case at all i know the shyest people who have started a business online and for one thing, found their community and found their people and also started to find themselves in the process. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I think that that's so important to note because I remember when I started my business and I thought that I needed to be like everyone else that mm -hmm. I had seen that was successful in my field. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, these people are doing so many amazing things. I need to be like them. I need to do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I quickly realized that was the wrong thing to do. Like you need yeah. to just be yourself. So I think when we look to business owners, especially when 
your educators, like you or I, like we're both naturally kind of, well, not naturally. Okay. This has been something that's learned. We're outgoing now. It's taken us years to get here. I wasn't always, like you said, like, I wasn't always this confident. People ask me all the time, how are you so confident? I'm like, first of all, I'm not. If you like knew me in real life, like there's so many things I'm not confident about, but this confidence in my business is like one thing that I am because I've been working towards it for so long. It's, it's, yeah, it's something that you learn just like everything else. So I've been teaching myself how to be confident in this space. Mm-hmm. But even if you're like, listen, I never want to have like this large ass community. I never want to even go on Instagram, but I want to start my own business. You can still do that. Like yeah. you can oh, still, yeah. everything can be done in your way and it should be done in your way. And if there's mm-hmm. ever anybody that you come in contact with in the online space, as a mentor or whatever, who's like, you have to do this. Obviously we're all, we're all speaking from our own experience of like what we yeah. did and what worked for us, but there should never be someone who's like, you absolutely have to do this in order to make it as yeah. a business owner. Like you can yeah. do your own thing. I know a lot of successful entrepreneurs who are making millions. They don't even have an Instagram account. Yeah. Yep. So it's literally like, what do you love to do? What makes mm-hmm. you light up? You know, like what excites you follow that. Even if it's like, I love dogs. I want to open a dog walking business. Yeah, Do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's so yeah. many things that you can do on oh, your yeah. own that are just, you can create new things in the world. I just think it's such an exciting time because the opportunities are endless right now. And it's just this like small business revolution and everybody's kind of supporting small business. And I think we're looking at the bigger businesses saying you're doing a lot of things wrong. And we're all going to show you like how to have a more heartfelt business and we're going to all do it in our own way. And it's like these little micro pocket. It's just, it's amazing to see Mm -hmm. everything that's happening. I know. I love it. It's so cool. I feel like we're so in it that we're like, okay, yeah, all this stuff is happening. I feel like 10 years from now, we're going to look back and be like, whoa, that was really crazy that that was happening. And we were all in it. So crazy. It's going to be so crazy. So if you're listening, And it excites you, like you should definitely join in because it's yeah. really fun. It's really, really yes, fun. It is. So speaking of, how do you feel like your business, I know there's probably so many ways, but how do you feel like your business has changed now versus when you started? Oh my God. Um, yeah, we're like in this huge transition right now, which has been mm-hmm. like very hard, but very good. So when I started, I obviously was doing everything myself literally in my parents' basement. I was designing brands and websites and blah, blah, blah. And I kind of like the way that my like agency, shall I say, which was solo in the beginning, but the way that it shifted was, you know, I started doing branding kind of like everyone else where I would just start a project and kind of end it when it ended. And I would have all these clients at once and it really was stressing me out. And I was like, okay, I cannot take 10 clients at once because they're all emailing me at the same time. It's just me. Everyone's stressing out about when their project's getting done. It was just really stressful. And so I made this decision. I was like, I'm going to switch things up. So I decided to introduce creative sprints. So I started only working with one client a week, but I would do their branding in a week. I would do their website in a week. So it was this like really fast turnaround. You get branding and website in two weeks, which is like fucking insane. At one point I was doing like two or three clients a week doing this, which was obviously so insane. Um, and at the time, obviously we weren't like charging what we are now. So we didn't have the clients that we have now as in like the, the large projects that we have now, but back then that's what it was. And then I started hiring VAs and I started hiring contractors. And then I moved into, I realized like, I can't do this on my own. I have to have support. 
And so then I started hiring like design contractors. So basically I would do the main brand and the websites by myself. And then they would kind of support me and execute everything else. So I would do like, mm-hmm. you know, the main logos and then they would take those and put them into all the other designs and what, what have you so that I could free my time up so I could move into more of my CEO role. Mm-hmm. Then we hired on a few more people and now we're like fully transitioning into an agency. It's become this, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, we're getting to the point where I'm like, okay, it's time. <laughs> so we're, yeah. we're moving into full, like branding website design agency. I consider ourselves brand builders in a sense. Um, yeah. Just cause that's really what we're doing and our packages now we're going to include like literally everything photo shoots, copywriting. So we're moving everything in house, social media management, everything, because I just, in the best way possible, like I'm controlling in ways, which every entrepreneur is, every person is. And I want to control the brands that we put out into the world to help the people who are hiring us. And then obviously we have the education side. So we're like building that out. So I started by just doing quick brands and websites and logos and little things for people. And now it's like, this big agency where we have these huge projects, amazing clients, like you guys are amazing, you know, and just the most amazing female entrepreneurs that we're working with. And then we have the education side where I get to actually teach people how to design and start their own design business more. So I don't really even teach people how to design. I'm like, here's where you go to learn how to design. I'm not going to teach you shit that you can find on YouTube. I'm going to teach you how to start a business. And so that's really what it is. Um, And then we have trainings how to scale businesses. And we're really like trying to build that part out so that we can help people just like you guys start Mm -hmm. and have steps to start if that's what they want to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's so cool to see where things can branch off into because I feel like a lot of people think that whenever you're coming into the online space, you start with something and that's it. And it is not the case at all. Even if you start out as a virtual assistant or Pinterest manager, social media manager, you can learn to be a brand designer. I've had multiple students who have gone into that and learned from you. And so there's so many ways that you can, it's just like a spider web. You know, you have your starting point and then you can go a million different ways. That's one of the reasons the industry will never be saturated because people are constantly growing and pivoting and evolving and scaling. And then they start hiring people and then new jobs are made. And it's just, almost like its own ecosystem which is kind of cool it's just like or and its own economy as well you know we're all supporting each other and it's just only gonna keep growing I really don't think it will ever be saturated because we're only gonna lean more into the online space in my opinion not more into the corporate space you know that has its place but this is growing rapidly 100 percent and just this the fact that every entrepreneur out there has their own unique thing like Mm-hmm. even if there was some other person out there who was teaching people how to be VAs, it would be much different than what you guys are doing. And so it's, there's yeah. this ability to say, this aligns with me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to work with these people, whether it be, I'm going to learn how to be a VA from, from you guys, or mm-hmm. I'm going to even like complete my brand and website design project with Highland studio. You know, yeah. it's because you get to find people who truly specialize in exactly the style you're looking for. It's mm-hmm. so exciting. You don't just go to someone and say, hey, I hope that you can do this and have it be this general big thing. It's like you actually get to specialize and find somebody that's perfect for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all these little micro buckets, mm-hmm. um, which is it's just, yeah, so exciting, so rewarding for for both the entrepreneur and the client or the student because you're both 
fulfilling something inside of you when that happens, when it's that perfect match. There's just something that it's just magic. Yeah, I agree. I'm also interested since you have, since your team has grown so much, whenever, um, whenever I was a virtual assistant and then kind of transitioned into hiring people myself, I was like, I just want to replicate myself. (laughs) I just want to duplicate myself. And then I can just have all these clones of me doing this because it's so hard to outsource. And I'm so lucky to have found the team I have and Kaylin and everyone. But what was that transition like for you going from doing everything to then delegating and now having so many people, like obviously delegating to them, but also having, this is something I struggle with, feeling like 30 people at once always need your attention and are pulling at you. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really difficult. Like, and I always say too, as an entrepreneur, like your job is always changing. Like when I started, my job was to to be a designer and to do all the other fucking things too, but mostly to be a designer. And now my job mm-hmm. is not that, you know, it's more creative director and I have to look for whatever. It is so hard to find the right people. I always say like never settle, number one. Like you always, I always firmly believe in my soul. Like the universe will send you the right person that you need at the time, yeah. whether it's to teach you a lesson for a moment and then you move on or if it's to, to stay with you forever and to really fulfill some things that you don't have. I always look for people that have qualities that I don't have. You know, when I was looking for like a project manager, I was like, I need someone who's super warm. Not that I'm not, but I, when I'm on calls with people, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't like getting on Business. calls realistically. I'm like, I don't want to waste my fucking time. Like, let's get down to the bottom of things and see you later. Like, I don't want to say hi to yeah. your kids and like say all that. Like I'm saying this in the most nice way possible um because you're just stressed you know you're stressed isn't it there's a million things to do like I don't have time for this um so when I was Mm -hmm. looking for someone I was like I want someone who's super warm Natalie is like the warmest person ever like Mm -hmm. she'll sit on the phone with someone for two hours if they want to that's who I'm looking for so it's when you're hiring and like two questions here the hiring portion is very very hard I always say you have to put people through a lot of hoops And to define those hoops for yourself takes time. So like we have multiple applications people go through. I even, you know what I started doing is I started like scouting people myself. So I'll actually Mm -hmm. take time. Like when we're hiring right now, we're looking, we found a few people. We're looking still for a copywriter. That's a good fit. Um, Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur too, it's like, we have a duty to diversify our team. We have a duty to do all of these things. So it's not just as easy as like, find the best copywriter. It's like, you have to find right. someone who's perfect for your team on a ton of different levels. Even if they're a great writer, they're probably not going to be the best fit, you know, depending on all the other things. So there's so many boxes you have to tick um, just to be sure you're like, you have to be, you have to set the stage for everything in your business and for other businesses too. So you have to be cognizant of everything Um, so we put people through a lot of hoops. I started scouting people myself and being like, Hey, I know that you probably own your own business, but would you ever consider going full time with us and our agency? Like we would love to have Mm -hmm. you. I think it's also important too, when you're starting to hire, um, like you have to find the best people right away. Your team is your everything. You, you know, this it's like literally your everything. And as an entrepreneur, like juggling the million people who are contacting you every day, it does, there's a lot of pressure. And so you need a team that can take things on themselves. And I think being a boss is so different than just like being an entrepreneur and doing your own thing and not having anyone to talk to. Holy shit. Especially when you hire full time, it's like, because every single person on your team needs something different. And I always said like, I want to be the boss that I wish that I had. And so I'm not this like, 
asshole boss. You know what I mean? Like if someone's having a bad day, I want to be like, are you okay? Do you want to take the day off? Do you want to talk about it? What do you need? Mm -hmm. You know? And if, and just regarding tasks and, and how people work too, like everybody needs it. Some people don't want reassurance. They don't need you to talk to them. They don't want that. They just want to like be independent and do their own thing. And some other people need like constant communication and reassurance and all these things and to kind of figure that out. And even when it comes to like, if someone fucks up, sometimes everyone's going to fuck up. Everyone's going to fuck up, but it's like, do you need to be harsh with them? Some people need that. Or do you need to be soft with them? And it's about kind of like Mm -hmm. figuring that out. So you're not just like a boss giving people tasks. You're also like a therapist to some extent of like, we, I need to like figure this out and make sure everyone on the team feels heard and seen and is confident. And like some people have bad days and you need to give them more attention. And then it's like, I'm assuming this is how it's like when you have kids where you're like giving one kid more attention and the other kid starts to get jealous and you're like, wait, no, 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 I'm not ignoring you. And it's like, ah. Mm-hmm. it's just, just constant all, the time. <laughs> all my god it's all the time but it's it's our job it truly is mm-hmm. our job and it's so important to do that so I think like again just to kind of like wrap this up like definitely put people through hoops we always give them a test project it's always paid because I don't believe in not paying people for stuff yeah. Um, yeah. it really shows like who goes above and beyond who just kind of does the bare minimum what have you mm-hmm. um, I always have my current team meet them via zoom call before we like ask to hire them on we mm-hmm. have a bunch of applications all of the stuff so it's, it's yeah. there's a long process in hiring and then we put them on a trial period and it's like if if it's not a good fit for them or for us then we'll separate and we'll part ways and that's okay yeah that's okay yeah. and I think too like for a startup it's really important I heard this advice on a podcast I think it was from Alex Peabody of Bev I think she mentioned this she said as a startup when you're looking for people you have to look for people who want to create systems rather than fall into systems because when you're getting hired at say like a large corporation they already have systems in place and processes in Mm -hmm. place that you just kind of slip into right? And then you just work within the systems. When it comes to a startup like you and I, or anybody who's starting their own business who starts to hire, you have to find people who want to help you create the systems because the systems don't exist. And I get really hard on myself as a CEO because I'm like, God, like, I feel like I'm all over the place all the time. And I feel like maybe someone wouldn't want to work with me because it's like, everything's like all all messed up all the time because you're growing so fast. And it's like, things change constantly. But just knowing that, you know, it's okay to feel this way. This is normal when you're growing a business at this rate. And I just need to find people who are up for this challenge and who like that excites them that I would be that person. I would be like, this excites me. So I would want to be a part of it. Obviously there's a lot of trust that goes into both sides. So it's, it's really about finding those types of people who are willing Mm -hmm. to set the systems. Because again, when you have Like, I always, I'm like, I need people who, like, obviously come to me when you have questions, but, like, people who have the confidence to make decisions on on behalf of the company and on behalf of me. Yeah. Because it's a lot all the time. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that whenever you're kind of first stepping into the space as a 
an assistant or as anyone that is joining a team, it's very intimidating because you feel like, okay, this person is the CEO. And even though you're not their boss, you are their boss. And it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic because you don't want to step on toes. But I think what you just said was like, spoke to me so much about feeling like you're all over the place as the CEO. You feel like you should have everything together. You feel like you should know how to run every single system. And usually you do, but there's always just chaos because there's so many things going on, launches, different things you're working on, scaling, employees, like it's just, it's craziness all the time. And that is, it's really easy to start feeling like, oh God, I'm, I'm not a good CEO or I'm not a good business owner or I have to present myself this way. So whenever someone can come into your business, and this is great advice for any assistant or, you know, anyone who's looking to work with, with a business, when you can come in and have that confidence and make the person's life easier. Yeah. Usually we are never going to feel like you're stepping on our toes. You know, Kaylin will come to me and be like, okay, all of these things, do you want me to like ask you beforehand or just do them? And I'm like, just do, just do everything. I trust you. you (laughs) Yes. So like that is what it's so nice to, as the CEO or the business owner to for once have someone telling you what you need to get done and, and just taking things off your plate as opposed to you having to do that because we do it. 24 seven, you know? Oh my God. Yeah. When I go out to dinner now, I'm like with my friends, I'm like, please just decide. I don't care what I'm yeah. going to eat. Just make the decision for me. Decision like, overload. Oh my God. Decision overload. Sometimes I don't even decide on my drink. I'll just tell the waiter, bring me something exciting with tequila. I don't even fucking care yeah. at this point. Like, yeah. like you just don't want to make this like the, the less decisions we have. Cause literally your job as a business owner, is just as you grow is to make decisions every day. And sometimes you're like, I am so fucking sick of making decisions. Like I can't make one more decision today or I'm going to lose it. I have to take a nap in the middle of the day, almost every day, because I'm just like, need to shut my brain off from this tornado that's happening in my mind. You you get so used to not really having people to like kind of bounce that off of. Even if you have like other business owner friends, it's not like you're going to go to them with every single decision. And I've noticed that in like my personal life now I used to be that person who was always like is do you like this or do you like this should I get this or should I get this and now I'm like with like starting to buy real estate and stuff like that I feel myself like being like oh I could talk to this person and ask them about it and then I'm like never mind it doesn't fucking matter I'm just gonna end up deciding on my own anyway so I'm just gonna make the decision (laughs) yeah funny how your brain rewires yes 100% I totally get that and that's like I came to the conclusion finally I'm like I don't actually care I don't mean, unless I actually do care about their opinion, but most of the time, do I, I ask myself, do I actually care about their opinion? Most of the time the answer is no, because I truly just care about my opinion. And so then I just am like, yeah, I'm just going to make the decision and move on and like, whatever. Deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Deal with the consequences Mm -hmm. either way, because it's going to be fine. It's always fine. It's always fine. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of going off of that with talking about the overwhelm and the stress of it all, Um, I think that would be really interesting for people, especially who are like in the first stages of starting or who are interested in starting, but maybe feeling that lack of motivation. How do you feel like you deal with that when you're not feeling inspired or you're feeling unmotivated or comparing yourself to other people? What's your, what's your process? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, it changes, I would say like from Mm -hmm. when I started to now, it definitely has changed. Now I just take a break. Yeah. I just take a break because- I don't know if anyone's into human design who's listening, but I'm an emotional I just got authority. My from oh, yay! 
oh my god it's like changed my life like everyone needs to get into human design also my human design app everyone check it out um she just came out with it jenna did like whatever last week or something so i need to download it yeah yeah so I'm an emotional authority. So uh, when I get really excited about things, I'm like, oh my God, yes, yes, I'll do it. And then the next day I'm like, God damn it. Why did I say yes? Like, I didn't want to say yes. And oh so, my God, I do the same. <laughs> you you're probably are an emotional authority as well. Um, oh my God. A lot of people are. It's either non-emotional or emotional. So mm-hmm. I could be wrong with this. I'm not a human design reader. But anyway, um, so I have to like, I've come to the conclusion like I need to wait on decisions and I need to like let myself become neutral so if I'm in like a really low state if I'm feeling depressed or if I'm feeling like I mean oftentimes based on therapy that's because you're either thinking about the future or thinking about the past you're not living in the present which is also something I'm working on Um, because as a business owner oftentimes you do a lot of both of those things you get anxious Mm -hmm. because you're thinking about the future you get depressed because you're thinking about the past shout out to my friend Tina for like sharing this information with me, but Mm -hmm. that's something I'm working on. And so if I'm feeling like that, I know I just need to like ground myself and raise my vibration and get my mood to like a more stable because I'm not going to make good decisions. If I'm like feeling like I'm an, you know, the imposter syndrome, if I'm feeling not confident, if I'm feeling, and this Mm -hmm. is something I've been going through a lot. And I feel for me, it's a sign that I just need to slow down and take a break even though that gives me anxiety I have had to like shift that and say like this is what you need and this is going to help you you continuing to work and work and work in this state is not going to help you that's going to be the worst thing for you it doesn't make sense so that is what works for me I think it's like so specific to each person but that's what works for me yeah it totally is and it really is important I think that whenever we're especially in the starting phases of our business it's totally applicable too we feel like we can't take a break and has we have to be going 24 7 and you do have to work really hard but even just like a day of just relaxing and kind of getting back to where you are can be so huge because you can't function and serve other people if you feel like shit you just can't do it and you can't work yourself out of that you know you have to to be able to reset and listen to your body and mind in that way so I totally agree so just to wrap things up what advice because I feel like we a majority of our listeners are going to be people who are wanting to enter this space or are you know very new to this so what advice would you give to someone wanting to enter either just the entrepreneurial world or the design space as well I love to give this piece of advice on overwhelm. I think like we always feel overwhelmed all the time. And when you start, you're like, oh my God, this is never going to end. I'm never not going to feel overwhelmed. And it's that, and that kind of brings you to the, (laughs) a lower state regarding your energy Mm -hmm. oftentimes. And I, I always was like, oh, once I get to this point, I'm not going to be overwhelmed anymore. Once I can hire my first employee, I'm not going to be overwhelmed anymore. And that's just not the case. Like, I hate to break it to you. This is like almost negative advice, but like in a good way. Um, you will never not feel overwhelmed in your business. So if you're feeling that right now, you're absolutely not alone. Literally every single one of us is overwhelmed all the time. If someone says they're not, they're lying or they're lying. Um, Everyone's overwhelmed all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Or they're superhuman. Yes. Um, So what you need to do is you need to learn how to work with the overwhelm and dance with the overwhelm rather than Mm -hmm. fight it in whatever way that is for you. So I think that pairs well with the last question too of like, if you need to take a break and you also have to remember too, like you are so much more important than anyone else. 
like each one of us, like our relationship with ourselves is so much more important than anyone else. So don't feel bad. Don't feel bad if you need to take a break. Don't feel bad. Don't feel stressed if you're like, I need to hire someone and that's, that's an investment, right? I need to hire someone to help me with this overwhelm. Like Mm -hmm. there's always a way you can dance with it instead of fight it. And it's about weighing your pros and cons and saying, how do I do that? But also giving yourself the grace, knowing that that's super normal, super normal. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love you. I'm obsessed with you. Like I said, you've always been such an inspiration for me. Even when I was first starting and I was a VA, I was like, I just want to be like Alex. (laughs) Well, look at you now, girl. It's crazy. Like seriously, (laughs) you're amazing. I feel like we're both just in like a constant spiral of just like craziness and then we catch up and then it's just back to the craziness so (laughs) that's how it is though with business owners you're both like we get it we just know that's how it is (laughs) always yes we have an understanding let us know where everyone can find you as far as socials go awesome so you can find us at high moon studio on instagram I would follow us there first you can find like our link to our website in our bio And I actually, I just set up texting. So I'm going to like a texting phone number. Yeah. So I'm going to give you my number and you guys can text us, specifically me, which is so exciting. And it's 213-375-1575. So text me and we'll send out, we're going to send out like really fun, like branding tips and it's all free. Um, Just like things, mindset tips and all that type of stuff. And you can always text me on there if you have a question about something. So I love yeah. that. That's so fun. I saw somebody else doing that recently. I was like, oh my God, that's so exciting. It's, I'm really excited it's, about it. It makes you feel like you're like Britney Spears or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a fun way to connect. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Everyone go check out Alex. She's such a huge inspiration and so many resources, no matter what you are doing as far as your business online and just really interesting. I love the, all the casual and stuff you post to the personal yeah. things. So go check her out. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you for, for having me. Here. Thank course. you so much. <laughs> all right. Talk to everyone later. Okay. Bye. <laughs> thank you for listening to the digital state of mind podcast. I am your host, Jessica Hawks, and I am so happy to have you here. Follow along with us on Instagram at the digital state of mind so that we can stay connected with you and get your feedback on what you want to hear on the show. I know everyone says this, but we're serious, okay? (laughs) Talk to you next time.